Ein Yaakov. We are at Vav Shalom Lakach. We are finishing. I think we're finishing Av Shalom today. So I think this is our last moment with Av Shalom, but we'll see. You know, I always get overly ambitious at the beginning of this year. I need to, I need to learn to cut the part out of the beginning where I promise we'll finish stuff. So Av Shalom, he then does something quite random. He lakach, he takes. He builds himself a mateva in the time, in, 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 while he's still alive in Emekamelech in the uh, Valley of the King. So he builds himself a, uh, a statue, a monument. That's a good translation, a monument. Kiyamar, why does he build himself a monument? Kiyamar, because he said to himself, Ain't li ben, I don't have a son. There's no one to make people remember my name. And therefore he called the Matseva, he calls this monument after his own name. Until today, you can go find Yad of Shalom, which is the monument of Avshalom. So, Pastor, he didn't have any kids, and he knew that he wasn't going to have any sort of lasting legacy. The only way to make sure he had a lasting legacy was to put a giant rock somewhere. So he makes himself a nice big monument, and he calls it Yad of Shalim, and it is standing until today. My Lokach. So now, this is all from Nach. We didn't read any Gemara right now. That was all Tanakh. The Gemara is now going to darshan every word of this story, more or less. My Lokach. What does it mean that Shalom went and took? You don't have to take something to build a monument. He says, Shalom. He says, But he didn't just take, he took a bad deal for himself. This entire idea to rebel against David Melech was a bad deal. So he lakach a mekachra li'atzmei. As Matzavis Hashem he built a monument in the valley of the king. Is that a literal monument? The Gemara doesn't seem to think so. Not a literal monument and not literally in the depths in the, in the valley of the king. He This was, he ended up taking, no, no. He took Be'etza Amuka Shel Makal Shel Elam. This was advice that he took. He didn't build a matseva. He did an advice. He took an advisement. Amuka, not in the depths of the king, not in the valley, but in the depths, a deep Eitza, Shel Malka Shel He was acting on the deep advice, on the hidden advice of God himself. So Avshalom took a bad deal. He made a bad deal for himself, but it wasn't really his bad deal to make. It was actually God's advice. God gave him the advice to do this. It was uh, not so much that God gave him the advice, as Rashi explains, but it was at the behest of a divine plan. That's what this means here, that Avshalom. So when it says here, the, the, the Pasha reading is that Avshalom took and built himself a monument in the valley of the king and the drush on this is that Avshalom made a bad deal for himself and that he took God's advice to follow through with something that wouldn't end up being good for him in the long run. As it says in the Pasuk, and this is said to David, Hashem says to David, I'm going to have evil come from you from within your own home. Along with this, we also say that also when Yaakov sent Yosef from Emek uh, he sent him out to find his brothers, and then his brothers end up throwing him in a pit. He gets sold in the Mitzrayim. So, this is not meant to mean that he literally sent him from Emek Hevron, from the Valley of Hevron, but that it was at the behest, at the advice of, at the deep advice of the Tariq that is buried in Hevron. Because Avram Avinu had already had a deal with God. God had told Avram Avinu, one day your children are going to be slaves in Mitzrayim. There was no way to get them to Mitzrayim. So when Yaakov sent Yosef out to find his brothers, this was the beginning of the Ishtaushalus that would ultimately lead the Jewish people to Mitzrayim. Um, let's pause here for a minute and talk a little bit of Drush because we've just been reading sort of, uh, sort of across the top. You understand what's going on here? So we have the, we have the idea that he built a monument in Emekamelech and we're saying that the Drush in that is that he took a bad deal for himself, but it was really God's hand that was guiding him. And we say this is the same thing that happened with Yaakov Avinu. The Yaakov Avinu, it looks like he's sending out Yosef from Emekhevron, but in fact he's sending out Yosef at the behest of the one who lives in Emekhevron. Okay. So, uh, 
we said here that Hini Mekim Alecha Rabbi Mesecha, Rashi explains that this is David being punished for Bathsheba. So we say that David Amalek, anybody who says David Amalek didn't Avera, he was only somebody, somebody making a mistake. David Amalek didn't do a real Avera. That's the way the Gemara understands it. Nonetheless, David clearly gets punished for whatever he did do. Whether it was an Avera for everybody, whether it was an Avera just for David Amalek, it's up for discussion. Uh, what's not up for discussion is that he definitely does get punished. He gets punished a few different ways. And one of the ways he gets punished is Rabbi Besacha, that the evil that comes, that, that tries to overthrow him, that makes his life so difficult comes from his own home, and then he ends up losing a son. So he, he certainly does end up being punished terribly for what he did with Bathsheba. There's a Yavitz, and this is also in the Marsha, that says that we actually can use this as another answer for the question we asked yesterday. So yesterday we looked at a question in, uh, in Tesis. Tesis had said that there's a Gemara Masecha Sanhedrin. Tesis says that the Gemara Masecha Sanhedrin. Follow that logic. There's a Gemara Masecha Sanhedrin. Were you not here last night? Oh, you weren't here? You were here. Yeah, that's right. So it's Gemara Masachas and Hedron says that a father is not allowed to daven for his son. Tesis gave three answers why David Amalek was able to daven to save Abshalom and draw him out of Gehenna. One is that a father can daven for a son. He just can't do Meisen for a son. One is that Tefillah is the exception. Two is that Avedazara is the exception, that since he didn't do Avedazara, he's safe. And answer number three was that he suffered, that Avshalom suffered in this world, so his father had an easier way pulling him out. However, the Yavits and also the Marsha suggest a fourth answer based on our Gemara here. Who was the one who got him into this mess in the first place? Why was Avshalom in trouble in the first place? Avshalom ended up rebelling against David Amalek and getting himself into this mess, all because David was with Bathsheba, and this was part of the, uh, this is Hine Mekim Ra Mebebezecha, this was a curse from a Navi that was going to happen. So really, although everybody has choice in the matter, the whole reason why Avshalom ended up in this mess was because of David Amalek, says the Marsha, also the Avitz brings this, maybe if a father is the reason why the son gets into trouble and ends up in Gehenna in the first place, then and only then is he able to pull him out because he is the root cause. We compared, uh, we compared this, uh, this, this story to what went on with Yaakov, that Yaakov sent Yosef to his brothers. I want to note that our Gemara here is different in a few material ways from a Zayar that tells the exact same story and has the exact same message, but uses all different words. I'm pointing it out because Reb Levick pointed it out and the Rebbe pointed it out in the Sikha. So uh, I want to read to you the Zayar. The Zayar is very similar to the Medrash that's in this Gemara, but you'll notice a couple differences. I'll read it to you. What's that? Whatever. Okay, I'm going to send you out to see them. Ask the Zayar. Wait a second. Yaakov is not. Yaakov knows what's going on. He loves Yosef more than any of his other kids, and he knows the brothers hate him. If you love somebody very, very much, do you send them to go hang out with people who hate them? No. You, either you don't love them that much, or you don't know they hate them. You must be missing some information. Ask the Zayar, what's going on here? He knows that they hate him. He loves Yosef. So why is he sending Yosef into a situation where Yosef's likely to get killed? Answers the Zayar. He did not suspect the brothers at all because he knew that they were all zakayim. He knew they were all meritorious. He knew they were good people. He knew they were tzaddikim. They're not going to do anything to Yosef. So he didn't suspect them at all. So why did he send Yosef then? What was his impetus for sending Yosef? Clearly he wasn't worried about anything. So what was the reason he sent Yosef to check up on his brothers? Not because he wasn't cheshed them. He wasn't worried about the brothers. He wasn't worried about Yosef. Everybody's a tzaddik. So why did he send them in the first place? This was a Gezeira from Hashem that Hashem forced Yaakov 
to send Yosef to the brothers in order to kick off the promise he'd made that the Jews would be slaves in Mitzrayim. Notice, this is quite different from our Medrash. In our Medrash, Yaakov is making an intellectual decision on his own based on the advice, which is an intellectual advice. It's a bit of a push, but it's an intellectual push, is that he had a reason that made sense Bedas Tachten in his own head, Yaakov, in Yaakov's own head, in Yaakov's own intellect, it made sense to send Yosef out to his brothers because he suspected the brothers of wrongdoing. Why wasn't he worried about sending Yosef there? Because he was nudged by Avram Avinu, who was trying to give him reason to send Yosef to meet the brothers. That's the Medrash's version of things, is that basically, had Yaakov been thinking clearly, he never would have done this, but Avram Avinu intervened and helped Yaakov think unclearly enough to get Yosef into a dangerous situation that sent him to Mitzrayim. That's our Gemara, that's the Medrash. The Zayar is not reading it that way. The Zayar is saying, Yaakov was thinking very clearly. He wasn't worried about anything at all. The brothers at Tzadikim, Yosef Tzadik, everybody's okay. So how did, why, why did he send Yosef in the first place? Because God forced him. That's a big difference. Now, Reblevik notices this difference and darshans it a little, and the Rebbe Nasecha explains it a little more, a little more directly. I want to tell you the Rebbe's explanation, and then we're probably out of time for today, but we'll see. <clears throat> so Rebbe's explanation is, that there's chetenius atera and primius atera. And the chetenius atera is what we're seeing in our Gemara, it's what we're seeing in the Medrash. This is the outer realm of Torah, what happened in Das Tachten, what happened in, I keep using that phrase, but it works here, what happened in the intellect of the lower worlds. And in the chetenius atera, here what we have is, we have some brothers who are not so great, they don't like Yosef very much at all. They're ready to kill him. And there's no father who loves his son who would send his son into such a situation. So in the Chitzenius Atero, we have bad guys here and a good guy. Why is this good guy sending his son to hang out with the bad guys? And the answer is, in Chitzenius Atero, he was convinced by Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, of the Dim, of the Dimche Hevron, by, through the advice of those who were in Hevron, he was given the advice and it was explained to him, no, really, this will be fine. Just try it. And, and it happened. So that's the, that's the Chitzenius Atero explaining according to Hitch What's going on in Pneumius Atera, underneath the, underneath the surface of all of this? In Pneumius Atera, something else entirely is going on. Everybody is a tzaddik. The brothers didn't do anything wrong. Yosef didn't do anything wrong. Yaakov didn't do anything wrong. Everybody's a perfect tzaddik in the Pneumius Atera. So why then is Yaakov even sending Yosef in the first place? Gzeira. It didn't, he didn't need any convincing. This wasn't that a voice convinced Yaakov to do something against his best interests. This was God pushing the story forward because nobody was going to do anything because everybody was in the stasis of being tzaddikim. So the Zayar is explaining what happened according to the Pneumius Inyanim that everybody's a tzaddik and the Gemara is explaining what happened according to the Chetzenius Inyanim that we have real Rishayim here. The Rebbe says that we can learn a lesson about this in our daily lives when we meet somebody or maybe ourselves. He says somebody, but I certainly apply this personally. When we meet somebody who is nichshel, somebody who has some averas that they've done. Maybe you know somebody like that who's done an avera before. And they, you might see that on Chetzenius there's somebody who is not so good. There's somebody who's done averas and maybe those Avedas, even Avedas that prevent Mashiach from coming. There's the Lush and the Reb and the Sicha. Maybe even very serious Avedas that are preventing Mashiach from coming. Nonetheless, that is only in Chitzenius. When it comes to their Pneumius, and Pneumius Kula Zakoyin, when it comes to their Pneumius, every single Jew is in a state of Tzaddik, every single Jew is in a state of Zakoyin. And because of that, when we, and, and when we, when we see them that way, we recognize that whatever actions they went through, this Aveda that they did, was a form of Neira Alila. That's the Rebbe's Lashon of the Sikh. It's a form of Neira Alila, which is that we're seeing the Chetanias, we're seeing a Maisa Aveda that seems to be making Mashiach further away, but in fact, this is all part of God's plan, and God's plan is that it'll be Yuridah Litzarah Haliyah, and that ultimately they'll do Tshuva, and that there'll be an even stronger force from their active Tshuva than there would have been had they not done the Aveda in the first place. So when we see somebody who's not acting appropriately, we can view it like the Medrash and try to justify it in a Chetanistic model, or we can do what the Alter Rebbe intended when he introduced Chetanias. To this Chabad, which was to unveil the entire world and make it into a panemius. <laughs>